0: You are listening to Beyond the Verse, a Star Citizen podcast. A show dedicated to Cloud Imperium Games, Star Citizen and Squadron 42. Whether you fight, explore, unite and or trade, we bring you news, updates, interviews, reviews and analysis. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a pour of Radagast and join us as we go Beyond the Verse. Launch sequence activated. Hello, friends, and welcome to Episode 3 of Beyond the Verse Star Citizen Podcast with your host, Solis. Um, And we, we have quite a lot to unpack in today's show. Um, the segments are going to be the same as we had uh, for Episode 2. We're going to go last week on Beyond the Verse, uh, some experiences that we in the community have had in the game since then. We'll get into our second edition of Community Spotlight, where I think uh, I'm highlighting somebody that, that everybody knows, unless you were hiding under a rock, or maybe you're brand new to the community, but you're going to know this individual. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of shoo-in. Then we're going to get into this Weekend in Star Citizen, where we're going to look over some merchandise, uh, spring sale um, items that you, you have to get now, because they're 70% off. It's insane. We're going to get to subscriber comlink in the newsletter, uh, detailing april's specifics uh the bi-weekly roadmap that we'll discuss tractor beam changes new player experience two new mission sets of salvaging and ghost hollow pvp uh and then we're going to end it with the loreville cityscape and then the last thing like we do in every episode our feature which is the next 60 ish years um that takes place in the lore so 2214 through 2271 where we're going to go from the RSI's fusion engine to the travel of artemis um, to the first habitable planet uh, and then we'll discuss the naso triangle which is super interesting uh, if you're familiar with like the Goodman um, aircraft that got lost around the Neptune area, it's actually a really awesome story. And then we're gonna end it um, with the discovery or the implementation of the first ever jump point. So, like I said, grab your Radigast. Mine, uh, it's an old Forester single barrel. Uh, if you're into whiskey, that's that's uh, that's my bourbon of choice. Uh, and let's and let's get started. Um, yeah. So one of the one of the joys of creating this podcast for Star Citizen is CIG gives you material, like maybe more material than... Than is necessary, (laughs) Uh, but you have so much to talk about. If you're interested in creating a podcast uh, or a YouTube channel, man, the sky's the limit. Uh, Not to sound cliche, uh, but the sky's the limit for what you want to uh, discuss. And earlier today, I'm just going to go straight at it. I'm going to go ahead and brief um, the audience on what happened a couple hours ago, uh, but a huge drop. A huge drop for 318.1 and 318.2 so if you are on youtube um, you're going to see me screen share so here we go and i'm going to walk us through the latest post from xylo again xylo had a community uh, this is the team that galactica and jake acapella are a part of so Here he is today at 2.48 p.m. That's about six hours ago, uh, with an article about the upcoming patches. And I think, again, I just wanna get this podcast started because it addresses uh, the 40Ks, which I dubbed the terminal illness error in the last episode, but it also addresses what we can expect from the next few patches. So here we go. Quote. Greetings, everyone. We want to provide a quick update on what to expect in the upcoming releases. Our initial goal was to avoid the need to wipe the database for the upcoming point patches. However, there's always a however. <laughs> Due to the current state of Alpha 318's database and the numerous hot fixes we've implemented since 318 went live, which are more than 50, it's incredible, we have concluded that a couple of full wipes, which includes your money, items, reputation, will be necessary to further improve and stabilize the service. For those interested in what's going on under the hood, alongside a myriad of changes that shook up our database, we uncovered an issue with the identity service related to player IDs, Yes, which was revealed through the error 40k that some of you may be encountering. While we've resolved this issue and many others like it, we'll still require a wipe to get all of our cogs and wheels back into the right place for both alpha 318.1 and .2 we will perform these wipes alongside a hearty list of improvements and optimizations which will hopefully make your gaming experience much smoother yours truly Zylo. Uh, yeah so there's there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack here so <clears throat> in episode 2 i brought up my brother's experience again i have Yet to encounter an unplayable error. Um, I've gotten a couple 60ks, but you know, you just do the, you do the OK login, OK login, OK login like routine until it clicks, and you'll be able to get past the 60k. I haven't had a game-breaking error, so let's just get that kind of bias or, or, or point out there. Uh, but my brother, like I said in the last episode, encountered this 40k that plagued a lot of individuals, a lot of close friends um, that I know, content creators that I know. And it basically, it almost sounded or it read as if it was a corruption, like your account was corrupted and there was no workaround. So I dubbed it last episode, I dubbed it the terminal illness error. Um, but lo and behold, Actually, before I read this article, my brother confirmed earlier last night that he was able to get in. So I'm like, oh hey, hey, you know, we're we're moving and grooving. We're able to access the game, all things are are perfect, right? We are good to go. This game can go into beta, if not live prod. Let's roll. And then I get this article. <laughs> so the 40k is fixed for some, not all. Um I think that's a good takeaway from this article. But um, the wipes are huge. And so I, I think this is a double-edged sword. This is another one of those situations where CIG is damned if they do, and they're damned if they don't. So there's a lot of, and I don't have numbers, right? There's no numbers saying, hey, X number, percentage of people couldn't access the game. But there is a lot of of individuals that were not able to access the game so this music to my ears yeah let's go ahead and lay out like level out the playing field start over get our money back um and let's all again like i guess start from the same place again and give it another you know college try but then you have people who who were able to play right they got in they got into this game they were highly motivated they got the vulture they got the reclaimer they 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 did the salvaging they got money now okay there were some exploits and i'm not about to be a content creator that shares those exploits and becomes part of the problem but there were exploits um that people were getting millions and millions of uec all right so I think the fair answer there is resetting the money period is, is, is cool. But you have all these individuals that gained reputation who built up, you know, their three eighteen characters and they're having to start from scratch. Like I said, in the very first episode, you're not wrong in how you react to this, right? You can be happy. You can be sad, mad, frustrated, elated that everything's going back to normal. Um, You're not wrong in how you feel. But I do want to remind my listeners and hopefully, you know, if you're new and you're you're new to the community, I do want to remind you that this game is an alpha. Um, it's going to reset many, many, many times between now and when it goes into beta and then it's going to reset through beta and then it's going to reset once the game actually does go live. So a good rule of thumb is to never get married to anything like even the money you're spending right now in the store are pledges unless it's like, you know, a t-shirt you're buying or something, everything you're doing in game now is a pledge. So there's also that reality, (laughs) like you shouldn't be surprised and you shouldn't be that upset. If you're getting into game, man, do what I do, create a, like a podcast, create a YouTube channel, get into the lore, go explore, you know, don't necessarily, and this is just, it's wicked advice that, you know, obviously if you're wanting to play the game, this probably is frustrating for you, but, um, I enjoy the world or the universe for what it is. Um, that's my only advice to you um, is if this is frustrating for you, there's so much more to do than to level up, right? To build reputation. I don't want to like kill more time on this podcast talking about this, but this is a big deal. It, it's, it's a big deal and it's going to come as a shock uh, to a lot of individuals. In fact, Twitter is just blowing up. My feed um, is full, of like everybody announcing the same information but then reacting to it in their own color so i just want to encourage everybody this is good to to recover from the jenga tower falling right with 318 breathe get through it we'll start again when 318.1 and two launch so i think that's a good way to start the show (laughs) Get, get that get that out right get that out um Okay, so let's go into last week on Beyond the Verse. We did celebrate Ruben Soros again. I want to give a shout out to that individual. He continues to post these awesome phone screenshots that you can download uh, and free of charge. Obviously, he's doing it out of his own uh, effort, his own accord. So go give him a follow. Um, last week, Galaxpedia updated 21 articles. We had the 318.1.2 and the 319 combined launch effort we discussed and debated. <laughs> uh, we talked about the Star Citizen funding relevance, like $560.5 million. What is that relative to? Um, so that's a really good conversation that actually blew up a little bit on Twitter. So if that interests you, go back to episode two and catch up. Uh, and then we ended last week talking about the first 150 years of lore, and that covered the quantum drive creation. It covered terraforming um, technology. It covered actual terraforming of the planet Mars, uh, the Mars disaster. Which I did ask a tweet, uh, like a poll in a tweet, which we'll get to in a couple seconds. Super interesting, uh, and then it ended uh, with this desire for uh, space ships to leave kind of the corporations to become part of a civilian endeavor. And actually, if you read the lore of a lot of these ships, they say like re, uh, relaunch or, you know, uh, for civilian use as of this date, um, there's a, there's actually like lore tied, uh, to when these ships became civilian. So all of that in episode two, go check it out. Um, but let's go into that tweet real quick. I think this was super interesting. Um, I asked on, it was like Tuesday of this week, um, I asked, if you were pro terraforming or anti terraforming had a really good response over 50 um responses so really good showing and this like it surprised me so first off terraforming so terraforming is uh is the idea of traveling to a planet setting up shop and converting the atmosphere to like livable oxygen levels so you can take off your helmet and just exist on mars right there's a lot of implications there, right? The, the disaster that happened on Mars, um, the, the system failed and it killed over almost 5,000 individuals. So kind of a big, a big issue, (laughs) I I think a big issue. Um, so is that scalable? Is it dangerous? Do we know the repercussions or side effects? Like there's all this like debate. However, again, over 50 of you responded, 78.8% of you said pro terraform. Like, Oh, (laughs) Like almost almost eighty percent of y'all are like, nah, let's do it. <laughs> I uh, I didn't think it would be that lopsided. Um, like I don't know necessarily if they perceived it as like terraforming in game or terraforming in real life. But one of the things I continue to say is like things that happen in Star Citizen feel and seem like they actually could happen in real life. Nothing is like so out there. Like as an outlier idea, uh, that it just it's out of the realm of possibility. Like everything actually makes sense as like a potential outcome, and so fifty years in the future we have a quantum drive creation. Uh, yeah, I mean Tesla's already going up in space. Heck, Amazon went up in space. So who's to say we can't create a one one hundredth speed of light engine in fifty years? Yeah, why not? we already have AI doing all of our work for us, but Hey, let's, that's a whole nother podcast, (laughs) whole nother conversation. But I did, I found that very interesting. And by the way, if that kind of conversation, if the polling and, um, kind of getting the community feedback on something like interests, you give us a follow over at Twitter. It's forward slash star citizen, BTV. I try my best to create, um, dialogue in that space, not just like not just like talking at you and like sending you know uh, pictures or infographics, but I like creating the conversation. Again, Tree that was here in the YouTube chat uh, earlier before the show. Uh, that happened because of a dialogue that took place, and now I'm part of his community, and it's it's going to be great. Feel free to join us over there uh, on on Twitter. <clears throat> Incoming message. Okay. And this week in the community spotlight, we want to ask the community to show us your fleet. No, this isn't a advertisement for an OnlyFans account. No, no. This is to celebrate Twitter user StarJump. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen over here. It's a StarJump. Um, this is actually a very interesting story. So I've seen his logo, I've seen his tweets, you know, he, is, he is, he's everywhere. I'll say they, they are everywhere. Um, they have an organization, the StarJump.org. Um, but I, I, I've known them actually because of their videos and their latest video dealing with the Endeavor is super interesting, go watch it. It's phenomenal, good work by the way. If you watch this or listen to this, phenomenal work, keep up doing what you're doing. Very, very engaging. I didn't know these were the same people that also created the Hanger Link. And this, I've been using this for the longest time. And again, didn't put like two and two together. But one of the most insane tools that was created in our community um, is is called the Hanger Link. And it's literally hanger.link, L I N K. Um, And it's where you can build out your fleet. And create graphics and kind of show it off. And so I kind of want to just go through really quick. There's a YouTube video on how to use it. There's like an SOP on how to use it. But just, just for conversation, let's let's actually do this live, right? So our 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 biggest ship in our organization. So in Star Citizen, our organization is called Soul Provision, S-O-L, Provision, uh, S-S-O-L Provision. Um, and our main capital ship, if you will, at this current moment is the 890 Jump. So all you have to do is go to Add Ship. You start typing in the 890 Jump, and here you go. Pops up right here. So you click on 890 Jump, and there it goes. It's this beautiful rendering of the 890 Jump that just comes up on your screen. But it gets better, right? So let's say I also have a Polaris. I also have a Perseus. I also have, I don't know, an Endeavor Master Set. That's huge, why not? If I can type, this is very, typing's hard guys. <laughs> Endeavor master set, all right. This is gonna put a lot of crap on my screen. All right, so you get here, you just go through your entire fleet, upload it, and here's just like a quick step I do. Um, go to, I just I recenter view, that's fine, but auto layout. Auto layout, I'm gonna scroll out a little bit because those are some massive ships. And here you go. So you can take this screenshot of these ships right let's say you have 20 30 40 50 ships some of you praetorians out there don't even get me started how much money you spend in this game but anyways you could create your entire fleet you can download it as an image and just share it at at will so again, I just want to take a second. I want to celebrate star jump, phenomenal work, things that on his own accord, he created or they created, um, that you can use from the community. And like that, that is the story that I'm trying to capture with my community spotlights. It's the Ruben Sars that have the phone screenshots. It's the, <clears throat> uh, star jumps that are, are creating these awesome programs for us to use because they have a love of the game. So phenomenal love it good work good work all right let's get into this week in star citizen and again at some point I'm gonna have a really sexy bumper to transition us into <laughs> into this middle segment but it'll it'll come um, but the first thing on Monday um, CIG dropped the merchandise spring cell and I'm not really one for like physical things but if you've already spent <clears throat> if you've already spent like wing commander level money in this game, um, you, you probably are a fan of it. You're probably in, in love with what CIG is making or is potentially making. Um, so I personally, this is the first video game that I've got, uh, more than just one t-shirt, right? So new world, I got a t-shirt, elder scrolls online. I bought all the t-shirts, but this is the first game that I'm looking at, like pint glasses. I'm looking at pins. There's like a, backpack and a laptop case and all this other nonsense. Uh, But I want to take a couple of seconds. I want to do another screen share. um, And I want to show y'all some of the things that are going down in the merchandise spring sale. So here we go. Screen sharing. All right. So first off, everything is on sale. No matter if you're a subscriber or not, everything is on sale for up to 55% off. It goes up to 70% off if you are a subscriber. So there are many perks to being a subscriber. I and mean, that's a whole nother segment for a whole nother podcast. But if you're a subscriber up to 70% off, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things. I mean this is a cool little backpack. There's pint glasses, which now you're speaking my language, by the way. CIG, we need some nose glasses, some Glencarn glasses, alright? So you have a huge community that drinks bourbon. Get on that, please. <laughs> uh, travel bags. Um, let's just keep going down. Here we go. Here we go. They had a... There we go. My screen is slow to, to upload. We got drinkware, cobbler shakers, mugs. Then we got manufacturer apparel. I don't know if I'm ever really going to get anything from a manufacturer. My favorite manufacturer is Origin. Uh, 890 Jump and 600i and 400i, all of the above. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to wear a T-shirt or like a three-quarter zip or anything but anyways that's probably not for me collectibles we got mouse pads sticker sets pico the penguin plush uh a lot of fun stuff here if you want stuff in the background if you're a content creator cool star Citizen gear notepads more t-shirts if you're a concierge member you're part of the chairman club and you have access to like additional items so like key rings a journal there's like a chairman's club hat, which is pretty cool. Anyways, I don't want to keep going on. If you're if you're in podcast, you're like, cool story, bud. I can't see anything you're talking about. <laughs> so, my bad. Go check out the com link in, uh, in RSI's website, uh, and you can see everything that I'm talking about. <laughs> so, that dropped on Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, there was a subscriber uh, communication link that dropped. And so, every month, um, there is a... Um, a special that takes place in the store. So if you're a Centurion, and I'm, I'm totally going to butcher some of these names, uh, if you are a <clears throat> yeah, Centurion level, which is like your first level subscriber, you're going to get access to one of those store items. It just comes with um, your subscription. If you're an Imperator, imperator imperator i don't know whatever uh you're gonna get both the centurion item and the imperator item so you get like two free items each month um and then no matter what there is a third item that is available to purchase with real money in the store all of these can be bought with real money just they're free some of them are free if you are an actual subscriber So I'm not going to get into that every single month when we have a podcast, but just for new listeners, that's the subscription model for some of these free items that they're calling Flare. So back to the screen share. Here we are with the subscription, and I'm about to cough, so give me a second. All right, we're doing this live. So uh, the in-game rewards Flare for April are paint packs. So you've got the Hosanna, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna, I... Whatever. <laughs> the ship paint pack. This is like a red and white mixture of paint. Um, and it's available for the same three ships. So this is uh the Crusader Ares, the MISC MISC Razor, the Anvil Hawk, and the Drake Cutter. So for those four ships, you're gonna get these paints. For the Imperator, you're gonna get not only the Hosanna ship paint pack, but you're also gonna get the Aspire ship paint pack, and that is like a blue and silver. It's like a light blue or like a gunmetal silver. Combination, uh, but you're going to get both of those, and then for everybody, for an additional, I think it's sixteen dollars, you can get the Central Tower ship paint pack, which honestly, to me, my own opinion, it's it's kind of underwhelming. It, it's just a red paint. Now I haven't seen it live in game. Some of these paints are really well done. They're reflective. They look really good in atmosphere. Um, I can't attest to that necessarily, but. In the pictures, it's just it's red. It's red with like maybe a little bit of yellow highlights. So I'm not too uh might be sixteen dollars I'm not spending this month. Just laying it out there. Also, um in every month, if you're a subscriber, you get access to a um uh, like a free ship, like a loaner ship. And so for this month, you are getting the uh the vehicle of the month, you're getting the MISC Razor series. And I think it's Both. I think it's both the Razer LX and EX. Let me just read it verbatim. Built with pure speed and agility in mind, the Misk Razer series offers a thrilling ride whenever and wherever it is used. And throughout April, subscribers can joyride the whole series. There it is. Head to an in game Aesop terminal now and experience the circuit honed Razer, top speed focused LX, and the stealthy EX advocacy variant. Very cool. And I think I actually saw these, I think the EX one's my favorite, the stealthy one. It's like black and gold, super sexy, looks real sleek. Um, that would probably be my favorite one. And I'm pretty sure they can fit in like the carrot, they can fit in, obviously they can fit in the 890 jump. So like a really cool, um, really cool, like what do they call them? Like a jumper ship. Um, dang it, the small ships that you can put into other other ships anyways. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, from there, they usually do have like discounts on certain items, but of course we have the massive merchandise sale going on. So not really a thing, uh, to talk about for this month. Okay. And then on Wednesday, um, we're already 30 minutes into the show, so I'm probably not going to go through the big article that has paragraph after paragraph of, of the roadmap updates, but what I do want to talk about is the specific, um, like the roundup. It's like their, their uh, narrative, their, the narrative that they attach to the roadmap that kind of further explains or maybe summarizes what they're doing and kind of why they're doing it. So again, um, going back to the screen share, here is the release view. And again, by the way, up to this point in the podcast, every single thing that I am looking at is coming straight out of Star Citizen's website. So robertspaceindustries.com, I I never will ever Ever as a content creator look anywhere else for information. I'm never going to go to Reddit. I'm never going to go to any other forum. You can you know for a fact that if I'm talking about it, it is coming straight from the horse's mouth and not from uh, some content creator who just wants likes and attention. Alright? That needs to be said and I'll probably say that many more times moving forward. But in this roadmap roundup, which again is their summary, that they put with the roadmap. Um, they talk about some really interesting things. And I am going to read these verbatim. And I want to respond to my own personal take. Um, but this first one. So actually let me stop. <laughs> Here's what's discussed. Tracker beam. Attaching and detaching. New player experience. New missions. Salvage contracts. New missions. Ghost hollow PVP missions. And then the Loreville cityscape. So. I asked another poll <laughs> in Twitter and this, this actually blew up this, this got over, uh, I think 200 or 300 votes. So th- this one actually did blow up pretty, pretty well. But I asked of these items, which one are you most excited about? So again, tractor beam, new player experience, the two new missions in the Lorville cityscape. And this is how it broke out. The majority of you at 41.9% are interested in the tractor beam, the attaching and detaching of items, uh, with the tractor beam, so remember that tractor beam. Number one, <clears throat> excuse me. The second one was the Lorville cityscape, so a reworking of Lorville that was thirty point two percent. And then the new missions I actually combined together, so the new missions were eighteen point six percent interest. And then last, the new player experience nine point three. Now the new player experience doesn't surprise me. Most of us taking this poll, most of us reading this roundup, we're not new players. So I can see that really not mattering. Uh, but I just, I wanted to break that up. Asking the community, that is how it breaks up. Tractor beam, Lorville cityscape, new missions, and then new player experience. All right, back to the source. Tractor beam, attach and detach. <clears throat> this iteration of the tractor beam gameplay will add functionality to the tractor beam attachment of the multi-tool allowing it to detach and attach items from ship item ports. <laughs> this this functionality can either be used for component exchange, replacement or restocking rockets, or to scavenge other ships. So, I, I mean, I, I, I know you out there. Like, I know you community members, and sometimes y'all with your... Habits of getting into other people's. I I just, this is gonna be hilarious. The the content that's gonna come out of the tractor beam alone is gonna be worth the three nineteen patch. It's gonna be hilarious. Um, But I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking in my head like, you're flying. um, Or let me me back up. Let me back up. So you claim your ship. (laughs) Your ship is in the hangar. You walk your your happy little to the hangar, and you get inside, you sit down in the cockpit, Uh, you don't know that Jim Bob has been following you, naked, right, but he's carrying, you know, this tool, the tractor beam, and he's just, he's gonna slowly and stealthily get onto your ship and just not say anything, he's just gonna hide, and you're gonna take off, and you're gonna go on your mission, and you have all your gear on, you have your magazines and your rifles and grenades, you're ready to roll, right? And this Jim Bob goes to your quantum drive, goes to your shield generator, and just starts taking it away. Just, you know, pulls it out, right? Pulls it out, removes it, takes things apart, removes your missiles from the silos, right? Uh, completely jacks with your entire ship. And the next thing you know, uh, all hell breaks loose. Ships don't work. <laughs> uh, the sabotage that can happen from this is going to be hilarious. So, I want to go on record saying I welcome it. I actually do. I welcome it. It is another one of those realistic simulations that uh, that could annoy players, especially like new players. It could annoy players that just want to get out and have a good time, um, but it's also really realistic. If somebody wants to be a, a and, uh <laughs> and cause somebody grief, I mean, this is going to be hilarious. All right, let's move on. The second one was a Lorville cityscape. Unfortunately, not a lot of information here. Um, just It says reworking the Lorville skyline to better fit the scale of the city and its distinctive buildings. That's it. It doesn't really give us any more information. But if you were to go on to some of the later um, Inside Star Citizen videos, they do have renderings of what, um, of what to expect out of this Lorville rework. And it's going to be... Gorgeous. I can understand why a lot of people are interested in the reworking of the Lorville cityscape. I said it a couple episodes ago. Um I it, this probably will end up becoming my home again. Um it was like my first my first home was Art Corp. My second home was Lorville, um, or Hurston. And I like it because it's it's central, like it's centrality to the whole Stanton system. Um but it just it had this like dirty, dusty feel, and I, I just it didn't seem like it had the same amount of work done to it as the other systems, and so I left it for Crusader and Microtech, and have been going back and forth between those two. But I do think Loreville is going to have some extreme value here. Next, new missions. Okay, so there's some material here. New missions, the salvage contracts with more civilian access to salvage ships. Contract brokers are offering salvage jobs for derelicts around LaGrange points, around Stanton. Uh, These brokers charge a fee for their services, so this will will require some buy-in. But the contractors are free to keep any salvaged material for resale. I like this idea. Um, I said it a couple episodes ago, but... um, for me personally, I like having a why I'm doing it. And it's got to be more than just making money. Um, so I'm going to go with my reclaimer and hunt around uh, the Erin belt uh, and try to find, you know, ships. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of a loop. Uh, that interests me right really at all but if you give me some mission some story some hey you know uh, reputation to build okay now I'm starting to like jump on the salvage bandwagon that's just me personally I'm not sure if that's uh, widespread or if it's felt more than just you know a few people but for me that's that's what would drive me next new missions ghost hollow pvp missions adding a new mission type for the uh, or to the ghost hollow point of interest in the stand system making use of the comms array as well as ai nav mesh this mission type will create pvp encounters where players will need to fight for control over terminals for a chance at big credit payouts so uh this this kind of reminds me of jump town um just another version of Jump Town. I think it's good. Let's spread it out so we're not putting 150 people on a server into one area of Jumptown. Let's give us some more opportunities like Ghost Hollow. Excuse me. I, I think that would be a good... I don't think anything bad can come of it. It gives people who are desiring PvP a place to go to PvP. Um, so it gives that kind of distance and direction and purpose, right? Last but not least, new player experience. Now, for me personally, this is worth more than just 9% new player experience like again we have to realize we're we in an alpha and when I invite friends to play this game I have to be there I have to be there to escort them through the experience otherwise they will be lost in the sauce right there's no way the little like pop up Menus that are the alerts, like when you first start playing the game, those are kind of worthless, and they're kind of annoying because you're you're going to turn them off immediately because they are that annoying, uh, and then you're missing out on information, right, on on how to play the game. So, like for me, I had the blessing of having Conif. Y'all met him in episode one. Um, I had the blessing of him kind of walking me through and showing me the ropes. It was a lot more fun, et cetera. But this is going to be the first 30 minutes of your gameplay with, with direction and purpose, right? It's like a tutorial. So let me just read it directly as I did the others, and then we'll move on new player experience an initiative for improving the initial first 30 minutes of gameplay experience which will help players understand the context of the world and introduce them to some of star citizens basic features this update focuses on the experience in area 18 and bajini point so there you have it not a lot of other details just it's here and this is how it's going to exist uh, or where it's going to exist so again, some really good information there as we wrap up this roadmap roundup. Um that's a lot of round roundup, round map. Anyways, uh t- t- tongue, tongue twisters. Um <clears throat> so Good information there. I do want to encourage y'all to go into the. Um, and I'll just click on it right here. Uh, go into the roadmap. You can look at the progress tracker. Probably too much information for most people, but some really good release view. We looked at the release view in episode two, uh, where we look at each one of these as well, so you can keep abreast of the information. Um, just always look at the caveats right this caveats this little button down here is kind of like a keep in mind or um, this is gonna happen only if right these are your obviously caveats so just keep that in the back of your mind so all right and then again I will work on an amazing transition this is episode three so bear with me but I'll work on an amazing transition to get to us to my favorite piece of this show and it is our feature It is a lore deep dive that I am calling for this episode. Progress in space. For me, I I mentioned Lost in Space, the TV series, um, in episode two. For me, this has been and always will be a simulation. I'll watch YouTube videos on what best... You know, setups for each ship. Um, I'll, I'll do all the things. I'll, I'll try to be as meta as possible, uh, but only because I want to be relative, right? And I, I are relevant. Um, and I think that's important. And that's probably the case for all people, even the people that are just playing this for simulation. You want to be relevant, you want to be influential and impactful in the simulation you're playing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wanna know why I am doing something. Why am I spending these hours in a video game? It gives me that purpose. Uh, It gives me that community. If you've ever been part of a bar citizen, if you haven't, go, but if you, ever have been a part of a bar citizen you know exactly what i'm talking about It's these stories these experiences that you have in the game it's these hey you know these debates you know are you terraforming are you against terraforming right like these are some really awesome conversations Um, and this is this is to me what builds the community what builds the experience of being in a game especially a simulation so i'll be honest with you I, i knew wipes were going to happen I, I knew, like, Zylo was very transparent about it several weeks ago, that there was a good chance of things being wiped going into 3.18.2, especially 3.19. So I've spent the last couple of weeks just walking and discovering things. I've been playing this for about a year now. Discovering things that I've never seen before. I mean, the last couple of days, I've spent in Crusader... Um, and I I literally I I log into the game and I just make left hand turns I stay to the left and I walk the entire map hugging the left wall and by doing that obviously you see everything but by doing that uh, I've discovered that there's a bar there's a there's a beautiful bar that's inside of the Crusader showroom so you just you go down you go down to the very bottom and they have the showroom which is awesome but there's this cool bar uh, that I never would have experienced otherwise. Um, there's a bar inside of—I um, don't remember the the name of the building—but when you log into Crusader, the shop at that's like next to the uh, the apartments or next to the hospital, one of the two. There's a shop at there that yeah you take in the center. You take a elevator to the second floor, and there's there's a bar. There's a really nice bar. Now, there are characters that are, like, dead on the floor. <laughs> I mean, there's there's that. <laughs> um, but just this, this potential of an expansive world. Tell me more about that. Tell me about the Radagast gold. Tell me about the books that I see in my 890 jump. Like, I want to get into this game um, full-fledged. And so the purpose of this lore deep dive in this show, Beyond the Verse, the purpose of this right now is to lay out the timetable, right, so from modern day all the way to the events in 2953, which is current PU, Persistent Universe, I wanna know the timetable of these, these massive occurrences, right, these like time capsules, if you will, uh, of, of major events. And so last episode, episode two, we started out with the first 150 years. And I'm going to take you now through the next 50 or 60 years, which I'm dubbing progress in space. So the first article, the first article, uh, 2214, entitled Time Capsule, The March of Progress. This is 191 Years in our future, 191 years in our future. When RSI announced the next generation of fusion engine, new and exciting prospects for space travel opened up, but not everyone was so enthused. Bailey couldn't believe it. 20 minutes into physics class and his sheet was now getting a new download Some new engine tech or something that came out today. He'd caught a glimpse of it on the way out the door this morning, but these crappy public school sheets were just getting the textbook update pings now. Mr. Caro already said that we were going to be quizzed on it and it's updating now? There's no way. Just no way. This is so stupid. How the hell am I supposed to learn this now? Screw it. I'll bomb it. Screw this class. Screw citizenship. Screw this whole system. I don't need it. Mr. Caro said the quiz would start in 10 minutes. Bailey sunk into his seat and started studying. So I think that's a good example of a lore uh, document or transmission, a time capsule, where the purpose is saying, hey, there's a new fusion engine, right? It's going to Open up the possibilities in space, but they do it through dialogue. They do it through this character named Bailey, um, who's he, he who's in school. I, I just think that's a brilliant. Instead of just like telling us the news, it's a very brilliant way of of giving us this milestone in technology and progress in space. Next article, twenty two thirty two. Time capsule, the first push. This is 209 years into the future. And this so far is one of my favorite time capsules. And for that, I'm going to screen share for those of you on YouTube. The Artemis was the manifestation of a dream. When the announcement came that a vessel was being constructed for a push to the nearest potentially habitable planet, the public flipped. Alien worlds and first contact was no longer the province of sci-fi. It was becoming a tantalizing reality. The ship would be fitted with stasis couches known as boots, terraforming equipment and supplies, and an AI core at the helm, maximum capacity 5,000. A call went out for volunteers. No one downplayed the risks, of which there were many. On a slow burn with the latest engines, the Artemis would take over 200 years to reach its destination. A lot can happen in that time. Regardless, there were over a million volunteers. Committees filtered the list down, trying to balance the best combination of skills, trades, and disciplines. Break I feel like this is uh, lost in space, right? So if you've seen the series lost in space, this is very reminiscent of what happened in lost in space. Back to the quote. The following are excerpts from the chariot to the stars, the official companion piece to the launch based on the compiled flight logs, personal journals, and witness accounts of the Artemis in its launch timestamp. Launch, 14 hours, 38 minutes, 13 seconds. I'm going to clear my throat. Stand by. On the eve of the Artemis' launch, Captain Lisa Danvers was checking circuit boards underneath the comm station on the bridge for the third time. Arthur Kinlow, engineering, sat on the arm of the captain's chair, He'd given up trying to figure out what she was looking for. Lisa always had an issue with big ships. Sure, she'd flown transports before, but this was different. There were a thousand things that could go wrong, which could, in turn, affect a million functions. It was maddening, and she probably screwed herself by even starting down this path. "'Are you sure I can't assist you, Captain?' a disembodied voice said, murmuring from dozens of hidden speakers throughout the bridge. "'It was the AI,' Helpful as always. No, I'm okay, she said. Kenlo mouthed along the words of what was clearly a familiar exchange. Lisa couldn't see anything wrong, out of place or suspect in the myriad of circuit boards. She hated pre flight anxiety. No matter what she did, it always hit her bad. So she made an executive decision. She cut herself off and replaced the panel. Kenlo perked up. You good? Yeah, I think so. Hey, Janice? Yes, Captain? The disembodied voice replied. Generate another set of contingency actions for the stasis boots. Do you have any specific parameters? No, use your imagination. That is a concept of which I only have an external understanding. Outside the box. Something that we haven't thought of. I will try, Captain. That night... Janus, the AI core, tried to imagine. Timestamp. Launch. 4 minutes, 21 seconds. The next morning, the world waited. The volunteer population was waiting on an orbital platform. The engineers felt it would be easier that way, save themselves the trouble of having to build launch seating for 5,000 if they didn't have to, so they had been ferried up there in groups over the past few weeks. Today was the launch of the Artemis itself. Danvers and her core crew would take her up, then dock with the platform to pick up the civilians and any last-minute supplies. News orgs from around the world were gathered, ready to capture the moment in every conceivable format and put it in anything with a screen. Lisa was already strapped in, the nerves and jitters of the past few days melting away with each passing moment. She stared at the main projection screen, displaying the front view of the ship. Right now, it was just a sealed launch tube. She thought about what lay beyond it, the sky. The sky that she loved. It was waiting for her to come back. Danvers glided through her pre-flight checks. She was thorough and professional, but couldn't get through them fast enough. Crew departments checked in. It was green across the board. A final check-in with flight control. They were set. It was time. Klaxons outside the ship began beeping. The massive metal gates of the flight tube unlocked with heavy thuds. Captain Danvers, shall I assume launch control? Janus asked. No, I got it. Are you sure, Captain? I'm sure. The gates started to move. But Captain, I have a .002 error quotient to... Just show me the sky. I'll get us there. Timestamp. Launch plus nine days, five hours, twelve minutes, fifty-seven seconds. Janus assumed control and circle for a week once the crew and civilians had entered stasis to check for any errors or anomalies. Effectively, a dry run of how the ship would run once it started its push. If there were any platforms, oh, I'm sorry. If there were any problems, flight control could abort and even remotely pilot the Artemis back if need be. Flight Control finished a final assessment of the checks. Everything looked good. Justin Cobb, the mission director, looked over the bays of technicians, scientists, and analysts. Everyone good. Everyone nodded. This is our last chance. If anybody's got the slightest hesitation or concern, I don't care how it'll sound, or how the people upstairs will flip, you better voice it. Silent. Cobb gave it a few moments, then nodded to establish contact with the Artemis. Good afternoon. How are you, Janice? I've been running simulations, contingency scenarios. Examples include random power fluctuation, impact with foreign body, contact with new uncategorized gas or element, contact with hostile organism, etc. Any conclusions? I think we'll be satisfactory. Cobb glanced at the nearest tech, slightly confused by the AI's language. You think? I imagine we will be fine, Mr. Cobb. 22 minutes later, the Artemis blasted its thrusters, starting a full burn for a scheduled 70 minutes. It passed the edge of our solar system into that great sea of space beyond, into that silent black that surrounds us, and so we wait, dreaming of the things that they will find, hoping that one day we will hear back from the brave men and women who boarded the Artemis, that chariot to the stars and struck out as the first ambassadors of this United earth. I love that so much. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I love that. So I don't know if it like came out in my narration, but the, uh, like Janice, the AI being asked to imagine, and then we see 19 days later or nine days later, um, we see him responding with, with him thinking, right? I think, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be satisfactory. I imagine we will be fine. Mr. Cobb. I, man, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's so close to home, right? Like if you turn on the news right now, how much AI conversation is taking place. Um, I don't know why that excites me. It's not even like really space related. Uh, but there's something about this unknown space, like not, not physical space, but theoretical space, uh, about this AI implication, implication, So yeah, another a really good, it's kind of a long, but a really good way of telling a story, a conversation between AI and a pilot or a crew member, Um, just a really good, really good way of telling uh, the story, right? All right, next twenty two sixty two. This one's a short one, but it has audio. I love it. Twenty two sixty two. That is. 239 years into the future, and this is Article Time Capsule, the Nesso Triangle. All right, let's get into it. Space was becoming a busy place. Ships of all kinds, federal, commercial, and private, were exploring the edges of our solar system. In August of 2262, the Goodman, a Type 4 cargo vessel, the crew of eight, was making a routine supply run to an orbital platform by Neptune. Approximately three hours from its final destination, a piece of debris knocked out the starboard engine array, sending the ship wildly off course. The Goodman drifted for several hours before managing to repair the ship. What happened next has been investigated and examined by the greatest minds on the planet. The following is the last transmission of the Goodman speaking with an operator at the nearest comm station. Beginning archive oh, playback. Copy that. Adjusting course, to 7 8 Y'all got it sorted out? I think so. Give us a bit of a scare, but I think we're okay. How's it looking? We're back on track? You guys good? Back to send the tow. No, yeah, we got engines back up. I can have someone. Huh? What the hell is that? Hey, B, do you see? Signal lost. <laughs> Investigations at their last known position yielded no wreckage. Nothing. The Goodmans simply vanished. Over the next few years... Excuse me. Over the next few months two more ships disappeared in the same area in similar manners. More inquiries were launched, but they couldn't determine what happened. Ultimately, the area was declared a no-fly zone. Uh, I think Bermuda Triangle, right? I I relate this, but it's even scarier because it's space. (laughs) Like, I, I already um, I already have thalassophobia. Like I already have a fear of, of like deep dark water. Uh, space is like the next level, right? Because <laughs> you don't, I mean, you don't know what's happening in the water, but you also don't know what's happening in space. Uh, so this idea of kind of just disappearing and going off the map um, in space terrifies the crap out of me. Um, but it's actually one of the most for me. It's one of the most enticing narrative loops. Um, It's this idea of going off course, not knowing where you are, and you're just having to exist. I hope there's something like that in Star Citizen. I hope there's some story um, arc that is about, like, it's not so much directive. It's not like, go here, execute this action. I hope there's something that truly feels like this, right, that's relatable, like this. Our last article uh, with two minutes to spare. Let's go. Our last article, 2271, <clears throat> entitled Time Capsule One Small Jump for Man. And this was 248 years into the future. So just think about 248. That's what, three generations? Think about three generations from now. This is by Kevin Lazarus. That's another name to go deep diving into Galactopedia by Kevin Lazarus. When Global Nexus announced last year that it was embarking on yet another biopic of famed astro pioneer Nick Croshaw, it seemed preposterous. Everybody and their mother knows his story, from his relentless study of the space anomaly that seemed to swallow ships whole to finally becoming the first man to discover and successfully navigate through a jump point. We've all been here before. Seen it. Done on vid. In song. I'm sure someone's painted it. But here's the thing. This one's really good. Starting with a script from newcomer Thomas Goss, Prods were able to attract A-list talent like Michael Forbes, Croshaw, and Lima Hannigan, Baxter, and director Ariel Colley, Requiem's Run. Text and Viz has a... I'm not going to pretend like I know what that word is. Has a verite... Verite? I don't know. Feel that doesn't patronize. It adds a vitality and urgency to what had always been the stumbling block for earlier attempts at the same story, the early days... This period of Croshaw's life was effectively trial and error, attempting to understand what caused and how to consistently trigger the anomaly to open is pretty dry stuff, essentially boiling down to arguments about astrophysics and folds in time and space. Somehow, the makers toned it down just enough to make it accessible and get you emotionally involved, but without losing the intellectually challenging elements of the discourse." Once the film moves into Croshaw's attempt to cross the fold for the first time, it shifts into a more conventional adventure story. But since it had done such a wonderful job setting up everything that's at stake, you're ready for something a little more fast-paced. Which brings us to probably the standout set piece in the entire vid. Everyone knows the dangers of jump point navigation. It's like piloting through an asteroid field with afterburners on. That's what we're told. Now we can experience what it must feel like, the blinding speeds, the abject terror, but also that rush, that insane high of skating to the edge and coming to out the other side, it makes it all the more insane and incredible that this actually happens. The viz, once Croshaw comes out of the other side of the jump point, are impeccably done, regressing what we all know as the Croshaw system into what it probably looked like when he saw it for the first time with all the wonder that I'm sure he felt. Tech achievements are top-notch across the board. William Kurtz's score is both sweeping and intimate. Vid will appeal to multi-demo crowd through... Yep. (laughs) Uh, Though young children probably won't like the science speak. Available for Dish and Wave set this week. Standard ULDL cost supply in transmission. So we had a kid with a textbook in school to let us know about the next fusion engine to this being a a film, a movie that depicts our first jump point to a dialogue between an AI and a human. And through this storytelling, the the diverse storytelling we have been taken through the next 60 years of the events from modern day to the events in 2945 and Squadron 42, 2948, the beginning of Star Citizen, and the current year, 2953 and Star Citizen. And with that, that wraps up our episode three. With much love, you've been listening to Beyond the Verse, Star Citizen podcast with your host, Solus. Join our in-game organization, Soul Provision, by applying at www.robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash provision. You can get involved in the conversation with your questions, comments, or emotional outbursts by emailing us at starcitizenbtv at gmail.com. Watch us live on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Central at youtube.com forward slash at and follow the conversation over at Twitter and Instagram both at Ford slash star citizen BTV. Once again, thank you for joining us. We hope this finds you well. Until next time, safe travels as you traverse beyond the verse.